Hello, hello, everybody. This is No Chick Flick Moments, and I am your co-host, Remy. Hi, everybody. I'm your co-host, B. And this is our Supernatural Watchcast. And today we are discussing the penultimate episode of the Supernatural series, season 15, episode 19, Inherit the Earth. I can't believe we're here. I'm so, I'm so, I'm just so. Yes, I'm so very too. (sighs) Oh boy. Description. Oh my god. Okay, so, hi guys, hi guys. We're so happy to be here. (laughs) This was an episode written by Brad Buckner and Eugenie Ross Living, and it was directed by John F. Showalter. Yeah! The description for this episode reads... Everything is on the line as the battle against God. Shut up, B. I'm trying. <laughs> Everything is on the line as the battle against God continues. A familiar face returns to join the fight. I had to hold my breath for that. Okay, we're fine. <laughs> Welcome. Hey guys. Hey guys, guess what? Guess what tonight is? Do you have a treat for us, Remy? I do have a treat for you guys. <gasps> Tonight, I have been waiting all season for this. Just the this, just the opportunity right for the picking. And tonight is the night that we are playing Buckleming Bingo for season 15. Yay! I'm so glad I waited because I couldn't have picked a better opportunity, a better episode for it. I, I mean, Destiny's Child was kind of up there. <laughs> if you had played that one, I feel like you could have done like 4D chess. You could have had multiple Buckleming Bingos on the go and like cleared the board on all of them. But this one, this one also is deserving of it. The the second to last episode ever, the final Buck Lemming episode of the series, and a, a big one at that. I've yes. got a flask of redemption rye whiskey, <laughs> and an iced coffee, and a water, and a Buck Lemming bingo card, and I'm ready to go. Awesome. I'm I'm going to start off the hop by saying I have experienced the full range of emotions for this episode. <laughs> like, while it was airing, I definitely had the rage, the bewilderment, the disappointment, and then, like, the grief that this was the episode that happened. And now that I've rewatched it, I still feel that, like, impermeable <laughs> power from last week where I'm like, wait, I don't give a fuck. This is great. <laughs> Look, look, we're not going to sugarcoat it. It was bad, guys, but it was also really good. (laughs) Like, it was really breakneck. Like, I couldn't keep up during the first watch. It took a second watch, and it took a lot of, like, recompartmentalizing, and I'm fine. So, like, (laughs) this is going to be a positive episode, despite... All efforts to the contrary. <laughs> <laughs> that that's fair. 
Okay. That's, that's fair. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, yeah. On I, I feel the same way. On the first watch, I felt like I wanted to throw my hands in the air at every single scene. I just could not yes. keep up. Like you said, it it was a lot happening, and and um, and I feel I feel like you know we there was a lot happening, and I felt this disconnect from what the entire season was building up to to what we saw in this episode and then it wasn't until the rewatch that i watched this episode has nothing to do with what we've been doing this season or the past eight seasons this episode Mm -hmm. was all about getting back to the basics it was all about just just returning to her sbn roots um Uh, like the aesthetic of knife fighting god in a parking lot (laughs) tumbleweeds blowing across the midwestern american landscape like just that level of profanity blasphemy (laughs) but also like just that whole vibe of (laughs) i got a ged and a can-do attitude yep Yep, it was very a swan song, um, and intentionally so. And 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 when I was watching it, I just didn't understand where that was coming from. But now I do. I I feel better about it. And I'm sure we'll talk about it later. But um, but you know this this was supernatural. This was supernatural, and it was a wild ride, y'all. <laughs> I'll say my overall critique of this episode is just not having the characters have room to breathe Mm -hmm. but i mean it is what it is i think next week we can carry the optimism that it'll happen then Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. but as for this week we start off with multiple shots around the globe showing cities completely devoid of life and we return into Sam and Jack wandering Hastings, Minnesota, until Dean arrives, still sporting the bloody handprint marking Cass's demise. Yeah, yeah. We got to think that this followed directly after we left off last episode, because, you know, we, we know that the silo that Jack and Sam were hunkered down in was just outside of Hastings. And that is also kind of in close proximity with Lebanon. So they're they're meeting in the middle here. I'm like, it's really not. I, I didn't want to Google Maps it. And I like I was trying to give them the benefit of the doubt. But like, it's really not. Guys, it's like a 10 on. hour drive. Is it and really? like <laughs> Sam and Jack did like a half hour of it. Like, <laughs> maybe. It depends where Donna found that silo. But if she found it on the opposite side of Hastings, then it wouldn't even make sense as being a central location they were trying to take everyone last episode. So it's just 10 hours of Sam and Jack, I guess, wandering the city and Dean driving up and it's still daylight. And we're fine. This is the episode. <laughs> I was good. I was trying to, you know, I, I should have looked it up, but I was, I, I was, you know, my very first thought was, oh, I'm kind of surprised that we didn't open up in the bunker here because um, Dean didn't exactly look like he was going anywhere. And, yeah. Um, and yeah, it, it, it definitely seemed to me that Dean was the one that went to them and why, like, what are they doing in Hastings? Mm-hmm. But whatever, it's fine. Um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> 
Uh, was I the only one who got like kind of anxious over this distressingly close slow mo zoom in of a of a playground carousel? Like I was very concerned with like <laughs> the low resolution of it. I was like, we couldn't have picked like a regular frames per second while we filmed this. <laughs> I was oh, it just sent it it sent me somewhere and I did not like it. <laughs> mm-mm, mm-mm. Uh but yeah, so the world is empty. Yes. And they basically gather what they know about what happened. Everyone's gone. Dean clarifies that it's Chuck, and he also gives the rundown of why Cass isn't there. When when Jack says, where's Cass? It broke my heart, just the way oh, that he I said know. it. it and then, yeah, um, Dean says that Cass saved him. Um, he sacrificed himself. He summoned the empty Billy was after them, and it took her, and it took him, too. Cass is gone. Yep. And Jack is devastated, and even Sam looks upset about this. And Sam and Dean, they just don't know what to do now. Yeah. We have the briefest of apologies from Dean to Jack. I, I I honestly I'm just like blanking in this moment of what you're even talking about. All he does is like <laughs> go, I'm sorry, and then wanders off. <laughs> and Sam is also wandering off. Um it, it's funny because uh in the first watch, uh when I was held captive by live <laughs> television, um, I thought that Sam um called Donna and then called Bobby. Uh, and I'm like, what are you doing, Sam? You literally saw them poof right in front of you. <laughs> but, of course, with the rewatch and the closed captioning, I can now see that Dean says, you know, I think everyone's gone. And and, and Sam's saying that it, that can't be. It can't be. Uh, he calls uh, Jody's phone. It goes to voicemail. He calls somebody else, some mystery man. I... Th- I, I, do the we know who that was? The say Garth, but it didn't sound like Garth's voice. It sounded like Bobby, yeah. which, yeah. again, didn't add up. Yeah, yeah, that's where I was like, yeah, like I said, on the initial watch, I thought he was calling Donna, then Bobby. Um, but yeah, the, the second voicemail just says, uh, you know who it is, you know what to do, catch you later. So, yeah. But Garth makes sense, so okay. Yeah, I mean, we'll take it. And, like, this apology that Dean gives, I really feel like there was maybe a deleted scene here because we just don't have the time for an emotional beat. So they might have just went, yeah, I'm sorry he's good enough for now. No character moments, only flat one-liners. Yep, yeah, we have a plot to hit. So we zoom out on the earth for a reason. And (laughs) we cut to the next scene, which is Sam and Dean entering an empty restaurant. The food is out. The tap is still still pouring the family business beer. And outside, Jack is making an abortive prayer to Cass. And he doesn't get too far in it. But when he stands up to come into the restaurant, the plants around him are dying. Does the zoom out on the earth count as a weirdly cut off scene? I feel like the apology counts. We got it! First square. (laughs) First square. Like, just just fucking Dean going up to Jack and, like, 
it feels like there's going to be a speech, but instead, I'm sorry, and then just leave. Like, okay. Okay, so, like, that's abortive. That's weird. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I agree. I definitely agree. Uh, it, it cracked me up so much that the um, the tap was still running after, what? Ten like, hours. Yeah, being generous, I was like, t- an hour. But, yeah, ten hours. Uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. That makes sense. We're fine. <laughs> and, yeah, um, Jack's prayer to Cass is just he... Um, I, you know what? I this one this one actually hit me because I feel that mm-hmm. Jack outside the restaurant here he he looks to the sky and he's reaching out to Cass and he and he calls Cass's name but he doesn't say anything beyond that and and I think I I like that because to me it's like Jack has always been a very powerful being and in tune with things. He woke Cass from the empty. He was always, mm-hmm. you know, when, from when he was born, he was calling to his father, um, um, uh, you know, through the afterlife. And, and here, this despair in Jack, it read to me that he was calling to Cass and he didn't feel a goddamn thing from him. Yeah, I agree. It was evoking season 13 for me when he had his powers and he just intuitively reached out and woke Cass up. But here, Jack doesn't have powers. And so it's like he was following muscle memory, but Mm -hmm. he just doesn't have the oomph behind him to do anything. Mm -hmm. Or it could just be like that plaintive cry out to his dad, you know? I want to be able to talk to you and I can't. Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, it, it, it also makes sense to me that if he was trying to reach out with his powers as he's walking away and, and going now inside, um, we see him drawing the life from these plants around him. Mm-hmm. Jack death hands. Woohoo. Woohoo. So inside, Jack asks Sam and Dean, what now? And Sam is self-blaming. He said that they resisted Chuck and because they tried to rewrite the ending, the whole world paid the price. And it just feels like they have no choice but to give up, even though Jack is sitting there going like, we can't give up. Yeah. And Sam is saying like, there, there's no one left to save. We failed. There's nothing left. So... So there is nothing left to do. Yeah. And like any steps that they would take to try and re to fix this, it's just so beyond their reach. It's nothing like what they've dealt with before. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They have no plan. This is, this is God yeah. and they are all out of options. So then we, I, then we, yeah, we, we cut to nighttime Sam and Dean are parked and they're waiting for Chuck to show. And sure enough, Chuck appears, but basically just to taunt them for, you know, I hope you guys are enjoying your alone time. Yeah. And uh, Sam and Dean are waving the white flag. You win, Chuck. Uh, mm-hmm. we, we will give you your Cain and Abel moment. Uh, whatever you want i'll kill him he'll kill me hell we'll kill each other you win but first you have to bring everybody back yeah the birds the people (laughs) Cass, you gotta bring him back i'm fine 
Yeah. Like, even though they've surrendered, Chuck just doesn't care. He's like, oh, this ending feels sophisticated, leaving you guys here to rot (laughs) in this empty world all because you wouldn't take the knee. And like he says, you like, they're going to be experiencing eternal shame, suffering, and loneliness. So he feels like a New York Times bestseller at this point. Yeah, yeah. It's too little, too late. Uh, eternal shame, suffering, and loneliness. Yeah, that, that feels good. That feels like a page turner. Which I'm like, I I would trust a fanfic writer to do well <laughs> with it. <laughs> but yeah so this this attempt at getting the world saved just doesn't work sam and dean even though they could have they were willing to die to bring the world back and it just doesn't work Mm -hmm. oh oh i just saw i just saw awkward dialogue and i'm a bit behind the curve here but i'm circling it for the very first scene (laughs) oh you'll have plenty of of opportunities to circle it there Guys, it probably wasn't your fault. Oh. I'm going. I'm. I'm going to choose to assume that this was the first scene that you uh, recorded after hiatus. But, oof, mm-hmm. that was rough. Yeah, and I mean, I'll write it off as being the fact that hey, the world just imploded, uh-huh. literally, and in the show. <laughs> so, yeah, we're back in the bunker. Um, Dean is asleep drunk on the library floor and Sam wakes him up um, while in his room Jack is looking listless but he hears something out there beyond like human hearing range yeah yeah Jack is in his cute little PJs and he comes out to say that he feels something something not us something is out there uh and uh and we're just not sure what yeah yeah and and dean points out like well, how are you sensing anything i thought you were all powered down and jack just says i don't know um but some something's mm-hmm. out there and um they yeah. they decide to go find it whatever it is yeah so they take off on this road trip and partway into it they pull over to a gas station to refuel hit the bio break <laughs> um, as Dean's on his way to the bathroom, he spots a dog and he is immediately elated, calling it Miracle, putting him in the back seat, saying he'll <laughs> sleep in Sam's room. Dean was so soft and so cute, but it still felt, I don't know, am I the only one that, that felt that this felt weird for Dean? I felt like this would be a Sam moment. Yeah. I kind of you know, hated that they Sam gave was the to one Dean. to find the dog. Yeah. Like, Dean... I could see why they've written the brothers that the way that they have. That was a sentence. Um, Sam <laughs> is the one who is feeling like it's his fault because he was trying to save a bunch of people, but also because like he said, he pulled on that thread just to see where it would go. And because they didn't give Chuck his ending, everyone else paid the price. Mm -hmm. But I'm like, Dean is also grieving with this arc of anger that has led ultimately to his best friend contentious uh, dying 
in the last episode. So they both, I feel, didn't have necessarily the emotional weight I was anticipating considering the ending note for the last episode. Oh yeah, like we didn't see any we I I am disappointed that we didn't see anything from Sam on having lost not only Eileen but his his hunters again again right in front of him. Mhm. Yeah. We don't feel that really. Oh yeah, yeah, we don't feel that at all. And and he had said just last episode uh that if if he lets himself feel it now, then he then he 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 would just break down. I'm kind of disappointed that we didn't get to see that. Yeah. Especially like you said, that was set up. It the whole if I look back I'm lost type thing. Like if mm-hmm. I take a moment to think about this I will lose my mind and we didn't get any sense of him at that kind of apeshit level of Eileen's disappearance and then knowing like Donna Charlie Bobby all of these hunters he was trying to save like that should carry some weight the same way that Cass's death should carry some weight on Dean but it's like there's, like we said at the top, there's just not the room emotionally for this to take place, apparently. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, we saw, we saw how, how um, the first loss of, of the hunters um, from the hunter hub uh, uh, affected Sam. He, he just, he just spiraled and he got manic in it even and just trying to trying to hold again hold back that grief but i didn't get any of that from sam this episode and honestly i haven't talked about it at all um uh, because it really hasn't come up but this whole kind of back arc of season 15 it's been really disappointing to me as a sam fan um because uh, I, I mean i i get that we're we tend to focus on Dean a lot in, or not we, but the writers tend to write to Dean more than they do Sam. Um, but I don't feel like we've gotten any good Sam moments in this back half of season 15. I don't know. It's just kind of disappointing. I like you say that when we had unity with him standing there, giving the speech to Dean Bringing Dean back to himself after pulling a gun on him. I'm like, okay, Remy, did you black out? <laughs> no, okay, that's Remy, fair. that was there. Like, Unity had really good Sam moments. I'll agree with you that, like, the ratio is a little off. It's not one-to-one mm-hmm. that we get both Dean and both Sam having these things. But, like, I'm, I, there might be behind-the-scenes reasons for that that we just don't know about. That uh, yeah yeah you're right you're right and, and and maybe that's just my own um my own kind of like biases uh in well I'm with there with you like I think in an ideal world we would have that one to one mix mm-hmm. and it's just not perfect 
Yeah. And I, I did appreciate, I did appreciate, um, in this episode, uh, in the bar restaurant that they were in where, um, Sam was the one that was really showing the, um, you know, some, some emotion there, uh, to, to, to just express that like hopelessness that they were, um, that hopeless place that they are currently in. Uh, mm-hmm. and, but it just could have gone farther. Yeah. Yeah. There was opportunity for some real emotion beats and it just wasn't taken. This is plot. This is action. We got to go. True. 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 Yeah. So the dog named Miracle gets put in the back seat and Dean is petting him. He's feeling hope because, you know, if Chuck could miss a dog, maybe he could miss people. All the, you know, like, what if, what if? And then the dog disappears. And in a distant field, Chuck just waves his fingers at Dean like, hey. Oh, my God. Being a total bitch. I felt, I felt that, I felt that when, when he put the dog in the car, I was like, oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, no. Mm-hmm. And then and then and then Chuck took it away. I was I was really sad. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And like just imagining that on repeat, you know, you don't know what situations you're walking into and whether or not any hope that you're feeling is just gonna be yanked away because Chuck the author can't help but meddle. And this is what he does to get your hopes up and then dash them again. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So they're continuing their drive to the location that Jack is sensing. And in this drive, Dean's just pissed because if they can't even save a dog, how the hell are they going to save the world? And again, Sam says, that's kind of the point. No one left but us. Chuck just playing with us. He he, he, he said, you know, <laughs> and this is and this is um, beyond what Sam himself said. But um, me viewing this episode, uh, Chuck said, you know, this is poetic justice. You know, you suffering alone, you couldn't save the world. So now you live in a world that that is empty be- because you couldn't save it. But but Chuck is not going to be content to just let that play out. Uh, he has to meddle. Yeah, he's. Not going to sit there eating popcorn, just watching them mope and drink in the bunker. Like, Uh-huh. Right. But as it is, they reach the location. Jack has directed them towards this church. It's nighttime. There's lightning and thunder. It's very moody. And inside mm. the church, there are a bunch of lit candles and open Bibles strewn about. Yep. And Michael. and and this was the first and honestly this was the first scene that really threw me back to like i don't know season season five supernatural aesthetic you know we have this this really atmospheric church setting um with, with the with the thunder and the statues and the something about it just really was felt like a callback to me Mm-hmm. But Michael. Yeah, Michael steps out from the shadows, and they're all doing this scene with moody lighting on them and everything. Mm-hmm. And Michael says that the rapture happened. Um, He's managed to avoid Chuck's notice by avoiding using his powers. 
And when Sam broaches him about it, he admits that Adam is gone. He was extinguished with the rest of the human race. No! I'm so sad. I'm so sad. I know. And look, you know what? I'm circling it right now. Waste of a perfectly good character. (sighs) Honestly... Because the Adam Michael thing that was introduced in episode eight was fucking good. Like that was not anticipated and mm-hmm. it showed this human weakness that happened in Michael that is very reflective of the themes that we've seen in this show of humanity proving itself to the inhumane and Exactly. <laughs> exactly and 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 that is ultimately why and it's in and that's the kind of of thing that has time and time again driven these cosmic beings that crowley rowena michael all all these angels that have driven them to side with the winchesters this love for humanity that is mm-hmm. is ultimately going to get them on the side of humanity <laughs> and 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 we took that away from michael without uh, w- w- without any real like consideration without the emotion. to it yeah yeah with no emotion to it like like i don't get michael's motivations here yeah like i would want to hear a bit more of the revenge behind it you know like we're left this gray area and i guess okay it's kind of like a chalkboard we can write what we want on it but it still would have been nice to hear michael saying like they took adam i'm here now to help yeah yeah rather than just adam's gone how come you didn't help us before well i'm helping you now I don't know. There's too many dots. And I was like, just draw a line. Just connect them. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It, it, it just, it, it feels so flat. Just, just like, I know that we've said it every Buck Living episode, but you know, we have to get from point A to point B and this is the, this is where, where we're going to get there, but there's no depth to it. No emotional beats. Um, yeah, just Adam's gone. There was a rapture. I have been doing some research into how humanity regards our father. Um, and now I'm going to help you destroy him, I guess. I'm ready yeah. to help. Yeah. And Dean has this moment where he calls Michael a daddy's boy. And I feel like this is this is as much sowing doubt into Michael as we're going to get. So everyone just log that line away because <laughs> apparently it was important. Do I get to call it? Wait, 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 but, wait. Do I get to call it flat one liner? Can, can I circle? Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. yes. It's, I wanted, I mean, it did what it needed to do again. Like I'm not going to sit here and critique every fucking thing this episode. I will go bash it insane and it's not worth my time. But, like, there is a lot of meat on those bones, and they were just like, "Mm, I want a different one. I want a different one. So we keep moving through these scenes. Yeah, yeah. 
Definitely. B, I've been remiss. I have now circled four squares and I've I was so Oh my god um excited for the circling that I've forgotten about the drinking. So <laughs> over the next over the next thirty seconds I'm gonna be playing a little bit of catch up. Okay. I'll I'll walk us through the next scene then. Um go for it. We have a return to the bunker. The four of them have collected around the war room table. And they give Adam Chuck's, I said Adam because I miss him. They give Michael Chuck's death book, which he attempts to open and fails. They can't read it at all. Still, they need death to read it. And of this scene, I appreciate the most the fact that Jack is just standing there with this nougat bar in his hand, just watching. Oh my this god! <laughs> oh my god! Yes, yes. I'm like my notes say, is Jack eating a candy bar? <laughs> yep, he's yeah. just. Sitting there. I was like, this summons the same energy of that SNL skit with um, Andy <laughs> Samberg, Justin Timberlake, and Lady Gaga, where she's standing in the threshold of the doorway eating cereal and it's just like hmm, you guys still here like it had that same level of energy of him just sitting there eating a candy bar like yeah this ain't gonna work oh yeah this is where okay i i know this is a thread through the whole episode it is the free space after all but i'm circling free space kind of boring kind of boring yeah i mean it should have been exciting it should have been intriguing but here's where we are. And, and, and I'm looking at my notes and just like the line before I have, oh, Jack has a candy bar. That's cool. Um, I, I made a note and, and, and kind of asking, you know, is, is all of this religious stuff because, um, because Michael does go into like, he gets a bit grandstanding about the whole thing, um, talking about uh, how he like commanded the angels and the prophets to um, inspire humanity to sing God's praises or whatever. And I'm like, yeah, is all this is all this religious stuff supposed to be us like getting back to our SBN roots or something, or is it just fuck living? I don't know. If it was trying to get us to our roots, I wasn't going with it. I was like, are we understanding maybe more of where Michael's coming from? I didn't feel it was necessary, but it was also kind of nice to just hear Michael say, like, yeah, I really tooted his horn and then he farted in my face. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, sometimes the superficial reading is as as deep as it actually is. Like Michael trying to open a book with his mind powers without actually touching it. And yeah. I'm like, oh, bro, you didn't even try. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's what happened. We're okay. Um, We cut to the kitchen. The lights are off. Sam and Dean take seats kind of on the opposite side of the doorway, looking dejected. Um, They can't do anything with the book, so they just feel like they're screwed. And not really having any plan of what to do next when all of a sudden Dean's phone rings. Yeah. And lo and behold, I wish I could get more excited about this moment, but how could I? You know it's a juke. You know it. I 
Actually, this was the one part of the episode I wasn't expecting, really. really. And so I went, ooh, this is interesting. Like, I wasn't thinking it was Cass, okay? Let's be real. But I was like, ooh, interesting. Where are they going with this? Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. They they went to a 90s what's up joke. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So Cass so- is calling and Dean answers and... And it we it's Cass on the on the other end of the line. Um, he he says that he's here. He's here at the bunker. He's hurt. Can you let me in? And mm-hmm. Dean bolts. The little what he gives when he sees the caller ID says Cass. Yeah. And then the way he leaps like a fucking gazelle, like three steps at a time up to the bunker entrance door and he throws it open and there is Lucifer quoting a what's up. What's up? And Dean's eyes become the biggest I have ever seen in this episode <laughs> and he just slams the door shut. Oh wait, 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 wait! I got, I got two, I got two to circle. Something okay. easily interpretable as queer baiting. Yeah, yeah, yes. Yeah. Something easily interpretable as Dean Cass. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Check. Those are separate squares. Wow. They're separate squares. I'm telling you, I keep saying I, I, I want. If I had the motivation, I would craft a Buck Living Bingo 2.0 because mm-hmm. I'm like, there are so many things. I have a laundry list of things that just these Buck Living staples that I would love to see on a bingo card. Yes, that's fair. So yeah, shutting the door doesn't work. Lucifer just teleports his way inside. I'm like, why did you need to do that? Okay, like, mm. anyways, he starts this little freestyle jazz conversation with them that (laughs) basically amounts to saying that he left the empty with orders to retrieve death's book and empty is allegedly pissed so that's why he's gonna listen and they're a team now i swear guys and i'm like oh fuck we have to spend time on this Oh my god. I'm like I'm like today is the day I had to hear Mark P utter the phrase nutted out and I'm not best please. He said cuck so many times and we had a <laughs> flashback to him saying cuck in the same episode in which it happened. <laughs> If the empty pulled me off the bench, it's because the Winchester ca- charm just ain't cutting it. So guys, come on, can't we work together? yeah okay and then this happens so he teleports in this woman bound and gagged (laughs) this should be a buck lemming square you should be able to circle it let's see let's see let's see so this is this is where i'm at this is where i'm at look we have a square for shirtless torture i i don't think that fits we have a square for someone is held captive and needs to be rescued Nah, still not. Still, you know, it just all happened too fast. That wasn't. That yeah. wasn't part of it. And then we have strong, powerful female characters. So, let's, yeah, let's keep going. <laughs> We're gonna hit it. Okay, so this woman that gets teleported in is a reaper, and we know the deal with death is: this the first one who kicks the bucket after death dies becomes death. So. With zero gravita, with zero care of who this character is, Betty, the Reaper, 
gets shivved and then comes back remade as death. God. We also have sexism and sexualized violence, but I don't I don't think that that fits, but I will circle strong, powerful female characters. I think so because it could have been a male reaper. They did not mm-hmm. choose a male reaper. I think this was the the most egregious offense of the entire episode. Yeah. This is where my vision kind of redded. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Because I was thinking of Billy's appearance as death and how shocking that was and how much power her character had and then had that power remade as death like it was all serious story beats rather than a plot device to get a book open it's really it was really bad i mean and like mm. not to skip ahead three minutes because three minutes is a lot in this show but then lucifer's (laughs) able to just kill her I'm like, she's death at this point. Is it like she needs to marinate in death's power for a couple weeks and then she's at her height? Or as archangels always had the capacity to snap their fingers and kill him? And if so, then why didn't God just snap his fingers and kill Billy? Like, Exactly. Not, not even God could kill death. And then we have Lucifer here that's just like, oh, okay, I don't need you anymore. Bye. Yeah. And and this to to bring in this reaper just to kill her so casually and say okay here's the death here's death now this is death now like yeah I wanted to scream I wanted to scream yeah, yeah. I would have much rather they found some artifact in the bunker that allowed that to open. You know, like just something like that. But I guess they needed a character to sacrifice to show Lucifer's being a dick. So Betty, it is. God. Okay, I'm. I'm also circling too many story storylines. Ought to be multiple episodes because this whole Lucifer yes. death thing. Like it, it. We could have had. We could have had an entire episode on what happened to death. You know, Billy's dead. So. So what's next? We have been talking, you and I have been talking for weeks on these power vacuums because we, you know, Mm -hmm. assuming that, you know, Billy being the bad guy, the empty, heaven falling, Mm -hmm. everything, everything. There were going to be these huge power vacuums and we've been speculating on what's going to fill that. And to see this happen was like I said, just offensive to me. And like, it's three minutes. It's three minutes of the episode between when she arrives and when she dies. Oh my God. It's like Dean's lady. You've been death for an hour. Yeah. I was like, they said an hour because it couldn't say 30 seconds. Okay. So Betty, Betty pops up. She's, She's alive now, and and Dean comes over to ungag her, and then she headbutts him for some reason. And and for no fucking reason, she wants to read the book and help them out. 
No, like, like nothing, nothing. Okay, here's the backflip I'll throw. He, Lucifer was saying to Betty, say hi to the guys. And then she said hi to him. So I'm like, did he pick a reaper that just doesn't get it? Like, did he pick a reaper that's loyal to him, Lucifer? Like, this is, okay. No, I, uh, I was just genuinely like a reaper that just doesn't get it. Like. This reaper, you could sit in front of a wall, and then they would just <laughs> stare at it a bit. That's a backflip. Wish... I feel bad even offering it. Fuck that. I rescind it. I'm not doing that backflip. It was bad. Why does she help them? Why does she She's help them? She's death. She could go fucking anywhere. She's been a reaper, assumedly, for eternity, and now she's got a power upgrade? Like, why the fuck is she hanging out? Bah! This was the baddest. I hated this. This was the part of the episode that honestly, like, I can't sugarcoat. No, it's fine. We're just going to gloss over it. Like, I just hated this. I hated it. No, I hated it. We had Julian as the original death and how powerful his introduction was and how much gravita his character carried. And then we had Billy's introduction and, like, a good passing of the torch. She maintained that level of oh, fuck, this is something eternal. This is something completely outside of our knowledge. And then Betty for three minutes and then dies. I couldn't have said it it better myself, V. It's just, it's besmirching. It's retroactively taking death and farting in its face. And you're like, why? Why? You could have just made up a MacGuffin to get this book open, but... No, but we had to bring back Mark P, and we had to, like you said, fart in the face of 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 death as a mantle, and and you know I'm still bitter from season ten on how we decided to um make this uh you know shit on established canon and make this distinction between reapers and angels. And, um, I, I, there's so many, there's so many better things that we could have done with, with death. And, and to be honest, I don't think that we're even done with death as, as a role. And, well, I don't know because they could have let Betty live, but they killed. And I'm like, I'm sorry, but if they have, Hey, and here's our fourth death. And the second, or like the third that we've had in three episodes, mm-hmm. it's, I feel like it's got to be left empty now. Because if they had filled it with Betty and then they were cool with that, they would have left it. But they emptied the seat for a reason. But how could you, yeah, I don't know. I mean, you can't no, just go forward um, with no death. It, it, which I mean, which is why this makes it, yeah, I don't. Are we really going to end the season on the series with no death? I mean, that that is just so, so ill-fitting to me. But I, I, but I agree with you. I think that they will. Yeah. Like, it, that, that feeling you have about death being left vacant, that's my feeling with refilling God's shoes. I'm like, why? Why did mm-hmm. we do that? Like, mm-hmm. I mean, I know why we did that. It just doesn't jive for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, hey, hey B, I got a bingo. <laughs> Dude, we're only like 18 <laughs> minutes into the episode. 
I'm really bad at this. I didn't even notice. I, I circled um I circled strong, powerful female characters and it got me a bingo. I didn't even notice. Jesus. It's because and it, you know, it's it's just because uh something easily interpretable as queer baiting and something easily interpretable as Dean Cass are on the same line. So Yeah. Yeah, we'll, that'd do it. For we'll you. see how far we we'll get we're gonna get a blackout here. Let's see. I hope so. I mean we'll see. So a quick summary of why the fuck Betty is here. She re- is going to read the book. Meanwhile, Michael and Lucifer are in the library. They're being mad at each other. Lucy is taunting Michael as being the new favorite. I mean, you did all that effort to be God's favorite and like you just suck. He cares about you as much as he cares about me. And Michael is going livid about that. Did you get that? Did you like I didn't I I got that Michael was um very distrustful of Lucifer, rightly so. Um I think that it makes I mean, I think that that Dean and Sam just just accepting this new death and like, oh, here, take the book. Here you go. Lucifer's here, but he got us what we needed, I guess. So we're just going to yeah. go with it for a while. Um, so Michael is questioning that. And I think rightfully so. Yeah. Um, but I, I'm really, I'm overall with this episode. I'm very disappointed with what they did with Michael. So I, I mean, yeah, I, I, I didn't get what, what Buckle and we were trying to sell us with, with Michael's character here. What they were trying to do with Michael, as far as I'm concerned, is they wanted to have this upcoming fight between him and Lucifer. And I don't know why, because it was so anticlimactic. It was like two Hadoukens and then a KO. Like, yeah, yeah. Th- Michael Michael's storyline in this episode sucks. Like, I don't know why they have him be a double agent for no fucking reason. Spoilers for this fucking episode, because so much happens. <laughs> okay, when, when, at what point do I get to circle bad pacing? Baby, two minutes in. <laughs> yeah, okay. All right, there we go. Bad pacing. Like, if anything, you can circle it here, because Betty is literally a character for three minutes. <laughs> she shows up while they're squabbling she calls them ass hats eight question marks uh-huh. and then she starts reading the book about how god ends and then this is when lucifer kills her the book is open so he snaps his fingers and she turns to ash and he pulls the book over to himself and he's like we he i'm here on god's orders for some fucking reason he wants to listen to god <laughs> And now that he's the new favorite, he starts screaming the word that he learned that was from like two years ago. This is 2018 internet. Cuck, 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 cuck. Mikey's a cuck. Ugh. I don't know. Yeah. And, and, and you know, I get it. I get it. You just got outed by the the one who was voted most what did he say most likely to suck that sucks michael but guess what i'm the new favorite now so 
Yeah. So, like, yeah. There's a lot of background lifting happening for their characters. Like, as far as I understood, Lucifer doesn't like God and he doesn't like to follow the rules. So, why would he be listening to God to go steal this book for him? I, I, you know, I'm trying to remember where. Did we ever have Lucifer and Chuck as God existing in the same spaces? Wasn't there at, like, the end of Eleven when there was, like, a fucking group therapy? Oh, you're right. That was Lucifer. That was Lucifer and Chuck. Yeah. Michael wasn't a part of that. No. But Lucifer's whole thing is, woe is me. So I'm assuming if God resurrected him, he'd be like, oh, how come you need my help now and you didn't care about me before and I'm so mad at you, Dad, you made me go to my room. Like, <laughs> But we didn't have that. We had him going, awesome, I get to piss off Michael. Like, that was his motivation. Well, at least, at least for Lucifer, I got more from him. I want to piss off Michael, that's my motivation, than... I want to help God destroy the world. That's my motivation. So I do agree. I just am like, why wasn't he a double agent type thing? And then, like, I don't know. Again, I just sit there and I struggle with the depth of characters being flatlined to two dimensional. And we haven't even talked about this is the return of Mike P. Mark. Uh, This is the return of Mark P. I mean, it's been, it's been, what? Since not season, long enough. Not long. I mean, where? I can't remember when. But, 14. But we, we brought, episode yeah. 17. Oh, so it was the last, it was the, for some reason I was saying the last time that we saw of him was the finale of, um, of, uh, 13. But no, you're right. Because, um, Jack was having. He comes having, back as Nick. Yeah, yeah. He comes back as Nick. We had the whole um psycho Nick plotline and uh and then even Jack was seeing some Lucifer hallucinations near the end of season fourteen. You know, season yeah, fourteen was was a a lifetime and a half ago, so it feels like it's been forever. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. He had, I think, his final in episode 19 of season mm-hmm. 14 because he was that hallucination to Jack. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But, but yeah, Mike P's back. And honestly, like, you Mike know, P. As- I love that you keep I'm calling sorry. him Mike P. I it's what he deserves. It. <laughs> it's what he deserves. Look, look, we brought Lucifer back. And I really wasn't, I, I mean, we knew that Mark P was going to be back um for this episode mm-hmm. uh and i really wasn't here for it but maybe it was only because we had him for five minutes but i was kind of okay with it i could have stood five minutes less <laughs> i thought that he acted it well i feel like he acted it like mark p yeah yeah that's fair i, I mean i, I hate- miss the days when lucifer was the cold compassionate sympathetic character that lulls you with those lies ever since they made him into kind of a pop culture wise cracking thing hello i don't i it's not my favorite your 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 galaxy brain is just 
so good right now because I'm like, yeah, that is what they made him. And that is what I've been conditioned to expect from him. But you're right in that, you know, he, it, it, he, he didn't used to be that until no. he morphed into this thing that we learned to hate because it yes. was just so overused or, and, and it, it wasn't true to the character that they yes. set up. It yeah. was like they said, oh, he can crack jokes. Let's make him crack jokes. And then let's only make him crack jokes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I mean, I'm not trying to shit on things. I just have what I like and I dislike and I'm expressing them. <laughs> <laughs> and that's valid. So... Um, what what did you say? Two um, Kamehameha's and a... Yep, there's two Hadoukens thrown here, okay? Uh-huh, so uh-huh. Michael, upon realizing that Lucifer is betraying them, throws a Hadouken. It goes wide. I'm like, please, for love of God. <laughs> and then Lucifer throws a Hadouken. I don't care whether it hits or not. And then Lucifer is, he's thrown Sam and Dean, so now he's just talking to Jack, and he's like, come on, boy, join the winning side. Me, your grandpa, you're not getting out of here alive unless you say yes. And then Michael's behind him with an archangel blade that apparently is not his, and he kills Lucifer with it. Like, it's the most anticlimactic fucking fight. Oh, it's very anticlimactic. I will say that the Archangel Blade would be Michael's um, because it's from... It wasn't Gabriel's? No, it, it be, n- no, because the Archangel Blade that... You know what? I, I may have lost track um, through all It was the... introduced in season 13. Asmodeus had it because it was Gabriel's and he had Gabriel captive. I, I thought that he had Michael's. It, it, I mean, I could be wrong, but I understood that as Gabriel's. Could be. he. So so Asmodeus had possession of an Archangel Blade, and we used that to kill Lucifer for the first time um, because Michael, alt-world Michael, lost his own Angel Blade, I think, because he needed the one from Gabriel or something along those lines. Um or maybe there was a second blade. I don't know. Anyways, um, I, I thought that both, if there was an existence of two blades in the universe, Archangel Blades, I thought that they both belonged to Michael, but I could be wrong. I thought that the one that Asmodeus originally had was our world's Michael Blade, and um, and then when alt-world Michael came over, he may have had his own blade, but that wasn't clear to me. Uh, yeah, I mean, if I can pause you for a second, mm-hmm. the Archangel Blade was introduced in season 13 by the same writing team. So I expect as much of a flushed background as <laughs> what we can figure out, which is namely, what the fuck is its background? You're right. You're right. Like, I'm not going to waste any more CPU on it. Like... This was a thing that they made, and then they killed Lucifer with it again, which was the only satisfying part of his character. I will keep that 15 <laughs> seconds, thanks. And he 
turns into a glow stick. They crack that baby open. His eyes are glowing. And Jack seems moved. But not because his dad died, but because there's this weird energy being sent out. Did you see the weird energy? Is that what you read from that? No. Because I felt like he no, was... No, baby, no. <laughs> <laughs> this is a second watch telling me it was there as opposed to my own eyes. Okay, okay, okay. At least we're both <laughs> on the same page with that. Yes. Oh, boy. <laughs> we are halfway through. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, Lucifer gone and then dean and michael share a beer in the kitchen i guess michael is sitting in the dark and yeah dean goes to get some beers and is michael's apparently winded from this fight i'm like are you fucking serious i love that so much i haven't been in a battle like this for several centuries okay okay bro all right i was like Seriously, like the end of season 13, that Michael Dean versus Lucifer fight, as hilarious as it was, expended way more effort than that little squabble in the library. I was so salty about this because I'm like, are you seriously trying to convince me that that was like a big fight? I mean, yeah, maybe it was COVID changes. Maybe there were supposed to be like high kicks and shit, but... No, 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 no. I don't even want to think about that because last time that we had a big fight, they put, um, <laughs> they put, uh, Jensen in a, um, fucking flight harness or whatever. Yep. Yep. But, like, the show can't decide what a Michael versus Lucifer fight looks like. Like, in season five, it's built up as, like, this huge earth-shaking event. And then at the end of season 13, it tries to deliver on that using a technique that just didn't work. And then this episode has two clown horns honking at each other, and then one (laughs) falls over. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. It was really, it was really severely disappointing, but this was another moment where I'm like, okay, so we're trying to do again what we tried to do in song uh, in Swan Song. Um, it's it, it seemed intentional that we're trying to do these big callbacks and um and unfortunately we're just really falling short of it. Yeah, Remy, I think you're being generous because I didn't even think of these things as callbacks until you said it. <laughs> it's it's about. It's about the wrap-up, B. Hmm, I know. Just, as far as I'm concerned, like, the last six minutes, like, those six minutes of that episode was all just to get this book open. Yeah. And I know that there's slightly more tinkering that happened to it, but not on the first watch. The first watch, you don't know, oh, this is planting the seeds of doubt in Michael and he's going to betray them. Oh, mm-hmm. this is Jack realizing that he's a fucking sponge for apparently the cosmic energy that radiates from their tiny fists throwing at each other. <laughs> I'm actually, yeah. like, I am happy despite what I sound like. Like, it's fun kind of just tearing at this thing with my teeth. I, I need to add to my Buckleming Bingo 2.0 obligatory rewatch. 
is is one of the squares. Because I was honestly, having, like, honestly, yeah. If if you have to have an exposition dump at the end of your episode to explain everything that happened in the last fifty minutes of the episode, like this is not Ocean's Eleven. Yeah, we. You didn't do a good job telling well, your story. Like Buck Lemming tried to write two-hour movies in forty-three minutes of television. They're just not compatible. Mm-hmm. And it feels like they go for the cheap reveal as opposed to the satisfying build-up. Like, they do enjoy using flashbacks to explain things so that their writing makes sense in afterthought. But when you're watching it the first time, you don't know that flashback is coming. You don't mm-hmm. get it, like... It just doesn't so you're make just sense. Left in the dust. Yeah. 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 So this beer is happening. Yeah. And Dean's asking if Michael's okay. <laughs> like you said, Michael's apparently you know recovering from his ordeal. Uh, oh my God. <laughs> and they have a little talk about God here. Um, God Chuck brought Lucifer back and he must be getting desperate if that's the case. Uh, and Michael is laying this out, but he seems a little bitter about it. And, yeah. uh, and, and he's saying he would go to Lucifer, but he didn't even think to contact me. Yeah. Like it's, it's petty childhood rivalries yeah. kicking up. And it's like you said, Chuck's desperate because he's not chancing coming close to them himself while the book is there. So he sends this liaison via Lucifer, but that really pisses Michael off. Yeah. yeah. Or at least we're Dean supposed says, to read it. Right. We're supposed to read it that way. Because uh, Michael seems taken aback that uh, Chuck would bring Lucifer back but- for for help and not even think to reach out to M- Michael. Uh, yeah. And then Dean calls him out on it to say, would you have wanted him to? And Michael jumps too to say, no, of course not. Obviously, yeah. this just means that Chuck is getting desperate. He knows that this book is a danger to him. And and he he offered Lucifer up as, you know, his 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 hired muscle. But, you know, we must be getting close. Yeah. So now it's just looking like if Sam has enough time, he might be able to translate the book now that it's open. And, like, they drop this line of, oh, it's in old Enochian or, like, some form of Enochian. I'm like, you have Michael standing right there. So it's fishy that they say that. They could have said something else. Yeah, I agree. Um, some time has passed. We don't know how much, but Jack, Michael, and Dean are researching in the library when Sam appears saying that he's translated it and there's this spell that needs to be performed and it's going to release an unstoppable force that will find Chuck and finish him. Look, look, I know it's cheap, but I'm circling new spell power trick that we've never heard or seen before. Yep, that's honestly how I felt. I was like, are you kidding me? Oh, like, the pissed. end of the book has, like, 
just a rando spell that needs to happen. The, and again, I was I was livid. I was livid. Yeah. Yeah. Me watching this episode with no knowledge, like you said, that we were going to just retcon the whole episode retrospectively. Um, uh, I I was furious. So we have the book that is God's Inn that spells out specifically God's Inn. So the book itself is instrumental in killing God. The yeah yeah the 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 execution of the book and I'm like it was awful it was awful when when Sam said we have a spell that's going to unleash a force that will obliterate God I'm like excuse me uh, what but it was such a buckling move I just couldn't I couldn't yeah I couldn't deny it <laughs> it's such an eleventh hour reveal and then they don't even give us any time to process it because we immediately cut to yes. them. At the special place, at the special time, casting the spell, and these pillars of light shining up into the open air. Ta-da! Yeah. And I'm like, no, I'll, I'll save this for later. So, like, <laughs> that all just happens in, like, one fucking minute. You're like, why? Why? Okay. But, okay, so the lights shine, the hokey pokey was cast, and then these bowls blast away, and Chuck appears, and he's kind of like, huh? <sighs> just. <laughs> he, he says, he says, hey guys, hey guys. Wait, what's that hey. one meme with like the woman that kind of like comes in out from America's Next Top Model, and she's like, I. Yeah, yeah. Oh, man. They don't even have time to really figure out what's wrong, and Chuck is just there. Yeah, yeah. Um, The Michael, uh, the Michael, the spell um, seems to have not gone as planned, even though it's an impressive light show, I will say. Chuck Mm -hmm. is there. Hey, guys. Hey, Michael. Thanks for the heads up. Yeah. Sam and Dean get tossed. Jack also gets knocked aside. And we find out that Michael is a double agent. He ratted them out to Chuck. And apparently because it is his destiny to serve God. Yeah, yeah. I I, I know what my true destiny is. I am here to serve you. Um, AKA, yeah. Daddy, love me more. Daddy. Daddy. And uh, Chuck is just man and it killed and and this was another moment that i you know looking underneath the underneath the underneath like real deep down i could appreciate this because it it reminded me of when amara brought chuck to heaven to try to remind him of 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 um why he used to appreciate this world and we have michael that is just saying I am devoted to you, my father. And Chuck's just like, nah, sorry. Not forgiving. Don't care. Too late. Goodbye. Yeah. Don't really need you anymore. Goodbye. Yeah. So do you want to hear as much depth as I can give this as I can? Sure. (laughs) So I feel like maybe what we can take from this is just, again, how special Cass is. Because Michael may have had 
Adam for 10 years, whatever, down in the cage and connected with him. But when the chips fall where they are, he goes and sides with his programming. He goes back to the devoted self. Mm-hmm. Okay, I love that. I love that a lot. I mean... It's not there textually, but when we do backflips, we can find anything. (laughs) And, like, this is also why they killed Adam. Because if Michael was going to be a double agent, there was the possibility, A, Adam could rat him out. No, that's actually it. And then if God was going to kill him, then we've answered the question of, is he killing Adam too? Instead of making this maybe slightly more horrific with Adam's presence also getting smote as Adam is dying, we just had killed him from the start. And even, like, I would have loved, I would have loved to have seen Adam, like, actually struggling with this. You know, not Adam, Michael. Michael actually struggling with this. If he still had Adam, um, you know, Adam is that piece of humanity that that could have swayed Michael that we have seen sway Michael from from one side to the other mm-hmm. and if we had seen Michael actually struggling with this if we had had Michael as an as an influence that that if we had had Adam as an influence on Michael that that Michael ultimately just tossed aside um then that would have been way more impactful than yeah whatever this was yeah there was character beats that could have been explored because again such an incredible creation of adam michael and then it just is all the cool bits of it get sandpapered off so it's just this flat surface that they can run from point a to point b on and you know what I just realized that I really hate is that um, at the end of this episode, we bring back the world, right? We bring mm-hmm. back everyone that um, that Chuck raptured, uh, as Michael says, and uh, and and Adam was one of those people. But mm-hmm. I, 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 we just tossed him aside. It's not like we're gonna bring him back, and I hate that. Yeah. Like, he gets the shitty end once again. And Sam and Dean comment on it as much when at when Michael said that Adam got raptured. Mm-hmm. But the more you think about it, you're like, yeah, that's super shitty. Like, everyone comes back, but his vessel has been vaporized by God, so I guess he doesn't get to return. Yeah. Boo! Boo. I mean, it's not like I'm filled with love with Adam, but like, for once, they did a good job. Like, Buck Lemming did a good job bringing a character back and making it interesting. And then uh-huh. they immediately smudged it into the dirt. Yeah. Oh. So, yeah. I, I, actually, you know what? I'm circling unfortunate implications because I only just now realized that even though Adam was one of the the raptured, he doesn't get to come back, and we don't we're not going to address that. So fuck yeah. that. It's fine. Hey, we're having a good time. I'm it's... halfway through my flask. 
be. It's an episode. Oh my god. And guess what? That's my second bingo. That's my second bingo of the night. <laughs> there we go. How close are we to blackout? Implications got me there. Um, we're we're not gonna we're not gonna get blackout just because we don't have shirtless torture or or we we definitely didn't pass the the Bechtel test. Nope. Nope. <laughs> Where were the ladies, Betty? No, no POCs, so no racism to be seen. Well, you could say racism was having... No, that was a different episode. I'm fine. <laughs> um, yeah, so Michael is dead. He got glitterfied. Um, Sam and Dean get to their feet. Chuck is bored with this ending, so he's choosing to cancel their show. And Sam figures, hey, if we're on the way out, I'm just going to punch Chuck in the face. I, you know, one for the road. And and he, he clocks Chuck one and then Chuck says, ah, cute. Yeah, because it just breaks Sam's hand. Yeah, but I, I loved... You know, this is, we, we have to, we have to stop here. We have to stop. We have to, okay. we have to think about this because this is the climax of the, uh, of the whole series. We have to, I mean, I know that it was done, it was clunky and it was unfortunate. It could have been so much better than yeah. what we got, but this is what we got. And... But I, I kind of, I kind of like, I just have to feel that because this has been something that has been like, we have been building to for 15 years. And this is the last episode that we see Lucifer. This is the last episode that we see Michael. And this is the last episode that we see Chuck, our ultimate villain. And, and this is the climax of, of the entire struggle of the Winchesters and and when Sam steps up when when Chuck comes into the scene I think that he knocks it out of the park I think that I think that Chuck as the ultimate villain is really really good and Robert plays it so well yes and and honestly it's the only thing that is good right up to the end i love chuck i love robert i i i just have to appreciate it he did really well with what he was given like to turn from this kind of goofy affable guy into Uh that same guy but malevolent a fucking plus like his chops were really showing this up i i agree i really do and and when sam steps up to chuck to just fruitlessly punch him in the face one for the road because they are accepting their death in this moment i i loved sam so much i wanted to cry it was so good i i it was it was just so i mean this was the winchester soul that it was a moment that really shone through and you know what i'm circling the square Scene saved by fantastic acting for Robert, for Jensen, for Jared, for Alex. They, they, they tried. (laughs) 
and I think that they did it. I think that they did it. Really, I, I think do. with what they were given, they sold it as best as they can. We cannot lose sight of this being the the penultimate episode of the series. I'm sorry, I have a cat climbing into my face. Oh, <laughs> Aries. Valid. He does this thing where he'll turn his head upside down and then he just starts leaning blindly trying to find something to put his head on. <laughs> oh, Remy, I wish I had your faith. It's not... It's over, B. It's over. There's no faith. It's just... It's just nostalgia. <laughs> I don't know what it is, but but I I feel that like there's nothing left from here. So we take the gems from the rough and we just have to appreciate these these moments as the as the climax of of the story like this is chuck the writer who is standing in front of dean and sam our protagonists and saying you know what nah i'm done i'm i'm bored and and you're over this is it and there's a weight in that and then there's the horribleness of of seeing our our boys you know, still standing up to it to the very end. And I don't know. It hit me. It got me. It got me a little bit. I'm just going to say it got me. Okay. I'm glad it did. I I just didn't connect with this at the level you're describing. I wish I did. And I did not either. But, <laughs> but I'm, I'm still, I mean, in, in the first watch. In the first watch, I definitely didn't. Yeah, um, I think I need to have time and then uh-huh. I have to digest it again. Uh-huh. Because this first watch, like, Sam punches him. Chuck des- is kind of deciding whether or not he's going to snap his fingers to kill them. And then he goes, yeah. I know, I got time for this. And then we just have this extended punching, you know? He- no, it's awful. Like, Sam and Dean keep getting up. They keep getting smacked down they get their limbs broken and it's just so much i yeah i wanted i wanted to watch this bit feeling horrified i watched this bit not feeling horrified like i just was watching like really because again they rely on a flashback to explain why this is absolutely critical to their plan yeah, it it felt a little cheap because mm-hmm. because we have Chuck just brutalizing Sam and Dean, and we don't know why because we 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 know that they're not going to die, so this just feels gratuitous. Yeah, and awful. Yeah, like this is just violence for violence' sake. Yeah, and. I hate to say, but almost getting comically violent, like snapping their legs and they're still getting up. Like, mm-hmm. and 
it gets to this point where even Chuck is saying, okay, guys, just stay down. Like, it's no longer fun for him to be beating them up, but they just continue to get up. And this final round, Sam and Dean help each other to their feet and they're laughing. And Chuck's like, what's so damn funny? And they're like, well, you lose. And Jack takes a deep breath and he gets approached by Chuck Chuck tries to snap his fingers to destroy him, but it doesn't work. And Jack's eyes get that golden glow and he grabs Chuck's head. And with his powers fully activated, he just, I guess, we're meant to interpret this as causing extreme pain to Chuck before he tosses him aside. Yeah, yeah, I mean... Um, so on the second watch, we know that here, um, Jack is draining the last of the power from Chuck, but on the first watch, I didn't know that, and I just saw, I guess, Jack overpowering Chuck, um... Out of left field, because the last we knew is that he didn't have his powers besides being able to sense Michael. Yeah. Guess what circle I get to circle... Do S Machina. Yep. Literally. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um. So. So. I mean, we. Sam and Dean. They're laughing in the face of God. Yeah. And. They're they're doing so because. Because he lost. Yeah. And they know something he doesn't. And this is the end of the line. Yep. Jack gets basked in white and he snaps his fingers and this heals Sam and Dean. And then Chuck is asking just what the hell did they do? <laughs> Valid question. <laughs> I'd, li- I'd like to ask the same myself, but, you know, no worries. We get exposition yep here comes the flashbacks baby oh my god i wanted to scream honestly I yeah wanted to scream yeah yeah i was having like the most visceral flashback to the flashbacks in season 10 episode 3 because they did the same thing there having flashbacks explain what sam was doing and all i'm like really like you had to rewrite something that had just happened but this is like a new low because at least that was rewriting something that happened a couple episodes earlier this Mm. is in this very same episode like literally 10 fucking minutes earlier (laughs) Ah. so it turns out god's book is empty they can't read it because they're not death doy so what they did was trick him knowing that michael was pissed and would want to get back in god's good graces They fed him a story, which would be used to trick God into showing up. And then, meanwhile, Jack has been a power vacuum this whole time since he exploded in the empty. And he's been absorbing power, first from Michael and Lucifer's fight, then from God throwing hands on the Winchesters. Yeah. And, and, don't forget, Chuck killing his archangel son. Yes. I choose to believe that 
Chuck killing his archangel son released some more godly power than him beating down a couple of humans. Yeah, that's fair. Because, like we said, when Lucifer died, we're supposed to interpret this as the energy being released from Lucifer's death was also being absorbed by Jack somehow. Mm -hmm. And yes, with God using his white light powers and smiting michael there would definitely be energy consumption there yeah but and it was enough to make jack invincible and jack was able to uh drain the last of chuck's powers from him and overpower him and now chuck is is powerless nothing more than a man Chuck, Jack took his straw and he drank his milkshake, and now- Oh my god! I hate that! I hate it too, don't worry! (laughs) Don't worry! I hate you! Why'd you do that to me? Because it happened! Because it happened to me! I'm taking a drink out of my flask with my little Sherlock cat on it. (laughs) Okay, continue. Yes. So, Chuck- Realizing that he's now powerless is just kind of awestruck. He's like, this is why you're my favorites. Like, for the first time, I have no idea what happens next. Is this where you kill me? Like, I couldn't think of how... He couldn't figure out how he would lose. And so he's almost stoked now to die at their hands. And he's calling Dean the ultimate killer. And Dean has this lovely little emotional moment here. To die at the hands of Sam Winchester, Mm -hmm. to die at the hands of Dean Winchester, the ultimate killer, it's kind of glorious. Still, everything that Chuck is, is framed in as a writer. Yeah. He still is looking at this as his story. Yeah. Yeah. If this is the end of my story, and he was, and he was... So when they threw the God book in front of him to say, see for yourself, see for yourself your own end, he, he was desperate to see it, um, to read, to know what the end of his story was, because that's, that's everything that he is. And then when he, when he couldn't read it because only death can read it, he didn't know the end of his story. Um, it, it, I think it broke him a little bit. Because that's what it's all about. He's all about the stories. And And he's all about knowing everything. Yeah, yeah. He's all about knowing everything. And for him, he is the hero of his story. And he wanted to know how his ended. So now, here he is, not knowing what's going to happen. Because he couldn't read the book. And he's just extrapolating um and and okay if if this is my end then he's trying to justify it he's trying to twist it into something that is um epic epic exactly exactly worthy of something as great as him yeah but calling dean this ultimate killer Mm -hmm. that is what dean catches on and he says but that's not who i am that's not who we are And that, I feel like, okay, thank you for that. Yeah, yeah. I I kept talking about the the resolution of Dean's anger arc, and here it is. 
Mm-hmm. And I would say that Cass gave it to him. Yeah. Cass is the one who said, um, you think that all you are is anger and hate and destruction, but that's not who you are. I see you as someone who is who has nothing to give but love. And and here is Dean internalizing and accepting that and and he's not going to kill Chuck. Everything that he is through this entire season is working towards this one goal to kill mm-hmm. Chuck. Mm-hmm. And and he was willing to give up almost everything for it. But when he lost one of the one things that he felt he couldn't live without, then it put some things in perspective. And he didn't want to be, he said, I don't want to be this angry. I don't know why I am. Mm-hmm. It just takes over him. Yeah. Yeah. And this is him overcoming it. Yeah. It's really good. Yeah. And Chuck doesn't get his glorious epic ending. No. Sam and Dean confirm with Jack, okay, he is for sure powerless. This isn't going to come back to bite us in the ass. And Jack is like, nope, I'm sure. So that means that he's no longer a threat. And it turns out that God's ending is the one where he's just like everyone else. All the people that he has ignored or just didn't care about. He's going to grow old, he'll die of old age, or something worse, and everyone's going to forget about him, and no one will care when he passes. No one will remember him. He'll just be forgotten. Yeah. And I like that. I like what you said there, that he is now resigned to the fate that he imposed on everyone else that he created yeah his his humanity and and what he saw as the as a as a weakness as a failure he said to amara all i see are my are my failures mm-hmm. now now he has to live it himself yeah yep. and this seems to be just the worst thing that he's heard because he's lying prone on the ground they're walking away and he is just almost begging with them he's pleading as they leave him behind in the dirt he's like no guys like don't don't leave me here don't do this but they climb into the impala and they fishtail the fuck out of there yeah yeah this is this is the poetic justice that chuck called to at the beginning of this episode um i really liked it um and again rob he knocked it out of the park he was really good i just couldn't help but think god knows where the bunker is you guys like you better live somebody somewhere else now i mean yeah but what he's what is he gonna do i mean yeah he could be a metatron you know he could be uh uh, the the fallen angel that has knowledge of heaven and hell and they can conspire to to be the downfall of the Winchesters. But No, not but even. Not... I was like, this bitch is gonna show up and just annoy you guys. Like, <laughs> I wasn't even okay, like fair. he's going to counterplot against you. I'm like, he's gonna show up crying, asking for you guys to please give him some money because he doesn't know how to do this. Like <laughs> if you wanted to be done with him, you're going to have to change addresses. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. 
I mean, it's a little facetious because ultimately it is a cool ending to have what if God was one of us become, yeah, no, he is. (laughs) Oh boy. Oh boy. So the trio park the Impala on an empty street. Um, They climb out. Kid, are you sure about this? And yep, Jack closes his eyes and he brings back the world. We get this montage showing globally all the people returning and life is in the streets and everyone's happy. La-da-da, the world is back the way it was. Did you notice that the, um, I don't I don't know if it's a gas station or just like a Jiffy Lube that they pull over at, mm-hmm. um, but it's, it's called Show Walter's uh gas yeah it's named after the director yeah 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 Yeah. i like that i like that little yeah yeah and this is where we also see that the dog is there although they don't really do anything with him i'm like maybe we'll see him next episode god the stock footage fucking i felt like i was having a stroke uh already and then when the dog ran past and they just like let him run off into the sunset like no miracle come home <laughs> i've had you for two minutes and i fucking die for you you're part of team free will 3.0 now <laughs> it's sam dean and miracle exactly sam dean and miracle let's fucking go oh my god Ah, so, so Jack has brought back the world. Yes. And, and and what next? Um, Dean basically applauds him. Like, way to go, kid. Like, let's go off Mm -hmm. to the bunker. Let's go have a beer type thing. And Sam is a little more practical. He's asking what they should call Jack now. Oh my God. That was so weird. I'm like, it's not like you, I don't know. It's fine. You only call Chuck God because he was like, I don't know, that was like the title that. Yeah. I mean, we're segueing into the next conversation. Yeah. Yeah. They have to have Jack give. But we get confirmation that Amara has apparently been slurped up and he, (laughs) Jack is in harmony with her. I hate you. I hate you. I hate it too. Don't worry. Jack is just assumed to come home with him, like I said, but he says Mm -hmm. he's not. Technically, he's everywhere, and he still is himself, but he's more now, too. I'm not coming home. I'm not coming back home. In a way, I'm already there. And, okay, this is where I circle OOC-ness. Sorry. Sorry, Jack. Jack. Jack took a major hit of a vape pen. He is really chilling ever since he absorbed (laughs) that power. And he just doesn't care. I mean, and we're being told that that's a good thing because the problem with Chuck was he put himself in the story. That was the mistake. But Jack says he's learned from Sam and Dean and his mom and Cass that when people have to be their best, they can be. And so he's putting faith in that, that... Maybe people will have questions the same way they have questions for God, but he trusts them to figure it out on their own time. 
I'm circling really bad stereotypes. I'm not even religious, and I am offended on behalf of anyone who is. I feel like a Buckleming Bingo 2.0 has to have some square, maybe a couple, (laughs) that are just dedicated to bastardizations or misinterpretations of religious... I know. Belief. Yeah. Yeah. Like, this feels like an agnostic or a... I don't know the correct terms, but just like a pragmatic approach to religion. It's the show not being able to end with, well, technically God's gone. I mean, like, I would have loved it if what Jack did was just like disperse that power across the world, you know? Be like, now God is in everything, rather than... Now God is in everything. Exactly. We literally, we set it up in in, in, two episodes ago with Adam. Yes. The Uh, first Adam, not the dead Adam. (laughs) Not the dead Adam. Um, Yeah, yeah. God is in everything, or at least he should be. This is the divinity of, of, of life. And... I mean, what really drove it home to me as just, like, awful, just legitimately distressingly bad, was when Sam was like, so you are him. Yeah. With a capital H. And I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? Yes, I am in the rocks. I am in the... Rain, the dirt, the sand. And I'm just like, you know... And then when Dean says, people are going to have questions for you, and they deserve answers. And I think that the intent behind that was, um, you know, just in the general God sense, you yeah. know, the people of the world calling to, calling for answers and praying to God. But I, I choose to believe that um, we weren't being quite that irreverent. Uh, and I'm thinking more of heaven, mm-hmm. of the empty, mm-hmm. of, um, you know, the, the, the supernatural where, where for so long Chuck was putting his fingers in the pie, right? Yeah. Through his direct manipulations, allowing for these tragedies and, and that is what God has to answer for, not the 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 fucking universal. I am in the rain. God, I can't. I can't. I'm sorry. Like the more I think about it, the more I really wish it was Jack dispersing the power because yeah. it belongs to everyone. Because that at least removes an entity that has the capacity to remove pain and suffering and has the capacity to remove cancer and has the like all of those things like it turns the concept of yeah it's not one person yeah who has yeah he that's what he's saying too i mean i i'm gonna i'm gonna work hands off there are people who would ask things of you jack as this as someone who could do something about it but but what jack is saying is is that you know i learned from you that when people have to be their best they can be 
And that's what we need to believe in. And for people that are looking for answers, like the, those answers are in them. That's what he's saying. So you're absolutely right. It should have been, I'm not going to be the all knowing, all powerful. That's not putting true faith in the people. Yeah. Like I would have liked to see Jack fulfill his destiny in being like he returns paradise to earth in as far as it means he returns free will to the people. And he does that mm-hmm. with the disbursement of that power. Oh my God. You just made me realize absolutely no mention to free will. Yeah. The defining well con- concept like, of this entire series. They say it in the next scene when Sam and Dean return to the bunker. Hmm. But for this scene, they're parting ways. Jack sets his opacity to zero percent. He's gone. <laughs> and Sam doesn't ask about Eileen. And Dean doesn't ask about Cass. And we're just left being like, okay, are they okay? Because... Well, when even when Jack, when Jack raises his hand and says, goodbye fucking alexa um <laughs> uh i'm like goodbye excuse me are we really not going to see jack next episode like is this jack saying goodbye he's like he's like i'm as close as this i'm in your heart he puts his hand over yeah. his chest and my husband's like is that a star trek reference <laughs> i'm like no <laughs> it's just buck living like that really awkward gesture that he makes uh, i mean alex is really selling the the stuff they gave him but 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 when when jack is saying goodbye i'm just every single cell in my body is denying this this whatever the fuck is happening here i know like i I feel like ending with a new god, albeit one that you know and that was raised by humanity, still goes against the whole idea of free will. Yeah, I agree. I wanted to see him shower the world in god glitter and then (laughs) god is in everything again. Like, that would have been poetic, but that's too much to ask from this writing team. So yeah, I mean, for all that Jack was broken up about Cass at the start of the episode, he seems to very much forget what the fuck is going on. <laughs> and then and then Jack just goes. Yeah. He, I guess Jack disperses himself no. into all the rain and dust and Sets rocks. Sets his opacity and... to zero. Bye. Oh my god. He, Bye. he flashes that symbol and then he just fades out. and then we have dean and sam back in the bunker and this is where i get fucking feral i'm so mad yeah they have grabbed two beers and they're calm hey aries aries this is not the time aries (laughs) no aries i love you he's a tiny bastard He's got a demon in him, and he just knows (laughs) when it's time to come. Look, okay, we have, we have Sam, 
who just cracks open his beers, knocks one back, and is like, it's pretty quiet. Yeah, thanks, Tips. <laughs> like, no, no fucking shit, Sam. You don't give a shit. Like, like literally everyone that you have known or loved is not here right now. So, yeah, it's kind of quiet. And then, well, let's just what? Let's just cheers one out for yeah. everyone that we lost along the way. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we didn't have time to place a phone call to be like, "Hey, Jody's still alive. Cool." We just, hey, to everyone who died, and then <laughs> they can write their own story now. I, yay, just us, finally free. Just, just you and me. Going wherever the story takes us, just us. Clown face, clown face. Clown. I'm like demon face emoji. <laughs> okay, I just drank way too much of this whiskey, so we gotta we gotta go. Okay, we gotta okay. Go. <laughs> well, conveniently enough, the last like five fucking minutes, we have running on empty begins to play. There's oh a montage over the last 15 years. Just snip it, snip it, snip it, snip it. And we have a brief shot of the table in the library that has Sam, Dean, and Mary's initials. And now it also says Jack and Castiel. And Sam and Dean drive off into the sunset. The end. Okay, I'm not gonna lie. The montage got me a little bit there. I need time and space to process this episode <laughs> properly to have joyous emotions. I mean, it it is hurt by the fact that we know it's the penultimate. Like, it's yeah. so close to the end. And there's sad feelings about that. Yeah. Yeah. It is. It is. Um, it, it's very close to the end. And I think it's Buck fucking wild that we wanted to end this episode to be like, oh, it's just us, you and me. But it's also very intentional, which I don't think that we're going to get into because I don't really want to. I mean, um, we can get into it for 30 seconds. I, I mean, this this ending here where we we have the Michael Lucifer fight, we have defeated God, we have... L- eradicated literally everyone mm-hmm. from from what we're framing as the ending of this series and we're just gonna we have sam and dean alone at the bunker uh and we're just cheers to everyone that we lost along the way but you know in the end it's you and me mm-hmm yeah. I mean, what I'll say to that is I feel like this episode is Chuck's ending. Mm-hmm. And next episode is going to be Sam and Dean's. So when we're processing this episode and what was there and what wasn't, like I said at the top of us recording, this episode is really missing a lot of emotional beats for Sam and Dean that I wish were there. Yeah. But... I can rationalize the reason why they're not there is because ultimately this episode is about getting Chuck off the board. And so ending with Sam and Dean, 
I mean, it was ultimately their fight against God. Now, the fact that we have one more episode says to me it's not going to be just Sam and Dean. It's going to also be about their family. It's going to be about their connections. And, like, the life that they are able to build outside of that influence where it's no longer just these two dudes that have to rely on each other because they're literally in a gunfight with God. And it can be about the connections and the family that they have built you know, I I feel yeah. like next episode really has to, otherwise it's going to be really disappointing. It has to look at, okay, Jody, Bobby, Charlie, Donna, like all of those people, in addition to Eileen and Cass. I, I agree 100%. This episode was a wrap-up. And it is buck wild that it was a wrap up. It, this is different than anything I've ever seen before from a series finale. Yeah. Like this episode feels like the finale for the fans of Swan Song. Like the fans mm-hmm. of it's down to the bottom two it's just sam and dean and this is how they make it through but i don't think that they're the only fans out there of this show and so i'm hoping next episode is going to be for the fans of found family and the whole line of family doesn't end in blood yeah i mean it's got to I feel like that's just what we're thematically pointing at. This was Chuck's ending. Next episode is Sam and Dean's. It's so crazy. Like, I agree with everything. We just ended... uh, We just ended a series. Like, we we had the you and me. We had the montage. We had the death of God. Mm -hmm. Metaphorically. Mm -hmm. And there's still... A full episode left, and I have—I personally, I have no idea what that episode, what that final episode is going to bring us. Yeah, like it's like what you said earlier in this episode. Like we have power vacuums, and are we going to see what happens with heaven? Are we going to see what happens with death? Will we see Jack again? Like those things I feel like are still up in the air like we've said this whole season we are so curious about the afterlife Mm -hmm. so are we going to get anything to do with that because we're literally on the last episode how is heaven still standing I actually love how under wraps this last episode has been yeah It, it, it you know as much stress as it has caused in fandom spaces um i i have become optimistic that it's going to pay off i hope so it sucks it sucks that we had a a a a four month unexpected hiatus because that wasn't intended but we're here now and it's happening and i'm really hopeful that it's gonna be it's gonna it's gonna be very rewarding as a finale. I'll say it can't get worse than this. 
(laughs) (laughs) And, like, again, I am razzing this episode pretty fucking hard, but I'm not going to sit here and, like, oh, I hate this show. I've written it off the end. I'm like, no. Like, ultimately, I didn't have the bar set terribly high because I knew who was writing for this. And Uh it's like you said. We're going to pick the gems out. We're going to polish those up. And, I mean, fandom knows what to do with this already. We've had the highs and lows over the years. So <laughs> it's unfortunate that the second to last episode was such a low. But we've rolled with worse. We're fine. Yeah. Yeah. On my first watch of this episode, I was just appalled. Yeah. Yeah. The second watch of this episode, I was still appalled by the things that appalled me, but I was able to slow down a little bit and take it as a whole. Not just what is this episode doing, but take it as this is the last episode that we're seeing Lucifer. This is the last episode that we're seeing Michael. I'm like, you're optimistic. Yeah. I mean, we don't know. That's the thing, is the last episode is such a black box. They could pull something completely that we're not expecting. Oh, my God. I don't know. I just don't know. I don't know. So, But I'm excited for it. I'm happy. I'm happy. Yeah. I'm going to say That's you're farther at. along in the stages of grief than I am. Oh. I still can't look at this episode. Like, I just, uh-huh. I grieve what could have been. For this yeah. episode, but I'll get over it. I know that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And again, that's valid. <laughs> the the meta that I've seen out there being like, and like we said in the group chat last night, like, of course, Buck Lemming had to write God's ending. Like, God's a hack writer. So, of <laughs> course, this team, like, that's the galaxy brain moment is just having them writing how God would try and get out of his ending um, <laughs> it's just like yeah of course he brings back Lucifer like it, it's meta on a level that is not intentional but is hilarious to think about yeah so Remy what's your final takeaway bitch I got three bingos <laughs> and an honorable mention to continuity error which i'm sure there's one in there but I didn't we were staring it. it down at the archangel blade we didn't fucking know <laughs> what was going on with that I, I i i couldn't i couldn't put a point on it so i didn't get my fourth bingo but okay <laughs> so that's your my- takeaway <laughs> <laughs> my my final takeaway is that this is the second to last episode of the entire series. I have to look at this and I, like I know this writing team. I I have fun making fun of this writing team. And in this episode, we set them up to be like, okay, we don't have anything on how to defeat God. We, like, we're giving you kind of free reign on that a bit. 
Because we had this whole season with plan A, plan B, plan C, and now we're back at square one. We have nothing. And they gave Buckling an episode that's like, just, just, just do it. Get from point A to point B. Yeah. And... And so, like, we cannot have any expectations for this episode because we didn't set anything up for this episode. Yeah, and... I just, it was too much to do. It was a two-hour movie in mm-hmm. a 43-minute TV show. And that's unfortunate. But I'm, I understand what you mean. Like, uh-huh. they're like, well, we're sure in a pickle. And then Buck Lemming's like, well, hold my beer. But I, I think it was intentional I think that to have this last episode as, I think it's significant that we brought back um, God, Sam, Dean, Mike, and Lucifer. It's a callback. It's just a callback. Um, uh, yeah, it's just not well done. No, no, no. It's definitely not. Um, my final and and my final takeaway is that is that I love this show. <laughs> And, and I, I love this show enough to laugh at it. And this was worth laughing at because looking at the whole series and knowing what to expect from this writing team and knowing that they wrote an ending that could very well be subverted next week, it. I mean, not not shitting on Buck Lemming. No, go ahead. It, it, <laughs> it, but, it, but it's not that I think that this ending that they wrote was just completely awful. I just, I just love that we have this ending that's not an ending, and we still get one more episode that is completely dedicated to. The character's journey. I'm sorry, Remy, but my interpretation of your takeaway of this episode is at least we have another episode. <laughs> but no, it's not. I really enjoyed. I mean, I Remy, I, you sound psychotic, and I mean that in the <laughs> kindest way because it's such a fractured feeling. I'm seven ounces deep, B. <laughs> I'm cutting you off, okay? Your takeaway okay. is there's another episode, and the show can be a hot mess, but you love it. The show can be a hot mess, but it's a comforting hot mess. Yeah. I mean, I don't think anyone was surprised to see this football get fumbled and then just keep bouncing across the field. <laughs> I really... I Okay, yes, that is my final takeaway. This episode was... A trash fire, but it was an entertaining trash fire in my book. Okay. In my book. Okay. <laughs> Guys, why did I why 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 did I do this? Because it's the final Buck Lemming bingo. <laughs> oh okay. Remy. Go. Go. <laughs> I mean, the only part that really I wasn't expecting and that delighted me in a way I wasn't anticipating was that fake out phone call that Dean received. What were you expecting from it? I moment? wasn't expecting a phone call. So the fact that one happened, 
I was like, oh, that's interesting. And then, like, when I saw that it was cast, I was like, okay, it's fake out. Like, I'm not setting that entire scene up as, like, oh, man, what was the, what were they going to do? It's genuinely, I was not expecting them to have a phone call imitation of cast take place in this episode. I was mm-hmm. expecting that scene to be Sam and Dean maybe talking about the fact that, like, like that would be the emotional beat that this episode was missing. It wasn't, but then what happened, I just didn't expect. It kind of shook you out of your, ugh, I'm done. Yes. Yes. Because I was checking in and out of this episode. I was enjoying it for the most part until Lucifer showed up. And then the whole Betty as death thing threw me out. Like, so the highs and lows of high school football (laughs) hit me all at once to go from, oh, I wasn't expecting that phone call to, oh, fuck, we're hearing what's up on a television in the year of 2020. (laughs) So that's my takeaway. I liked being surprised in that regard. You mean you had one moment of the spark of interest? Yes. That's your... <laughs> yes. Yes. And that's okay. I just... Everything that else that happened could have been interesting, but it wasn't to me. Uh, it's entirely fair to be like, okay, we had to get from point A to point B, and there were a thousand different ways that we could have done it. Mm-hmm. That's very often how I feel with these kinds of episodes that that disappoint. And, like, Uh, I should admit that I wrote a speculation for just how the show could end. (laughs) And I, like Narcissus, was just staring into the pool of water and being like, oh, I like this ending. So to see what did play out, like I said, there's a bunch of what ifs that... I toy with of different routes they could have gone and the routes that did get trod just weren't the most tantalizing or interesting to me. Absolutely. I agree. Your coda was amazing, by the way. Thank you. So that was season 15, episode 19, Inherit the Earth. I feel like that's my line. You say, and next week. <laughs> and and next week. Gosh, I mean, this episode, though. I <laughs> This episode sure was the second to last episode of the entire series. It sure was a thing that was on television that I saw with my eyes. The second to last episode of the entire series we've made it this far next week we will wrap it up with season 15 episode 20 carry on yep (laughs) (laughs) thanks b oh remy you did so well (laughs) i did didn't i i'm a champion Alright, hey, did I tell you did I tell you three bingos four with an honorable mention? Yes, you did. We were yeah. one away. <laughs> if anyone finds that continuity error, just 
Just give me a shout. I mean, it'll be there. We know it's there somewhere. <laughs> no, we got it. I got it for you, okay? Hastings. Hey. Hastings. Oh, ten Hastings. hour drive. You're right. The ten hour drive in the tap. And it's still daylight room. and the tap is still going. The tap room. Okay, well there's nothing left, so the flask is dry. <laughs> That means you have to switch to water, okay, sweetie? I got my I got my iced coffee, I told you. Yes, you did. Okay, yeah. you can take a shot from that. Okay, next week, the last episode. We'll see you there. We will see. Hey, check us out on our website, our Tumblr, our Twitter. Yep. Leave a comment, because I know that I've endeared you to the show in this moment. <laughs> so... So we we love we love reviews. Okay, I, I now I just sound now I just now I'm just not selling it. No, no, you're right. I mean, those things really help us reach an audience, and we sure as shit do not have one. Hey, hey, this only happens once a season, okay? Honestly, so, buckling bingo. Yes, you got it. Yes, we made it. Thank Stay you, Remy. Tuned. Thank you for your service. Anytime. All right. See you guys next week. See you guys next week. Bye. Bye. <laughs> I'm sorry I broke you. <laughs>